Welcome, gentle listener, and hearken to me hither. I wish to share with thee a sumptuous tale of desire. Reading alone certainly has its place, but some activities are rather more pleasant when shared. The annals of female erotica scarcely receive the accolades they hot. More's the pity. So it is that I seek to pay homage and tip my cap to the literary titans of our age. Let us escape together in wonderment, mystery, and lusty exultation, for these are bleak and uncertain times indeed. Perhaps within the dewy revelry of pulpy romance, we may hope to pluck away our cares and quench the communal thirst of our voracious appetites. Together, we shall curry the favor of gentle solace and ascend to the ethereal plane of our own imagination. Perhaps as we bask in the afterglow of titillation, we may kindle the fires for a brighter tomorrow? Or perhaps tis no more than a brief chance to get our proverbial rocks off. I beseech thee, nuzzle into your headphones and allow this humble token of slightly more than friendship to caress the trembling inner chambers of your mind. Avast, ye gentle listener. Today we shall stoke the literary canon of none other than Alexis Samuelson and her swashbuckling masterwork, Pirate's Booty. The heady musk of sea breeze and seduction on the high seas is surely enough to buckle one's swash. We hoist our sails to join our intrepid would-be pirate Violet and her guest for adventure. But with a red-blooded crew of buccaneers aboard, will her sea legs take her towards riches beyond her wildest imaginings? Or will she become embroiled in skullduggery at the end of a sea cur's cutlass? Yo-ho, indeed. I still remember what it was like a month ago when I first set foot on this ship. A simple thing, but faster than anything I'd imagined. The captain told me one night how he knew that speed was more important than firepower. He traded in his massive Armada-quality ships for a smaller one that could outrun everything. He said you shouldn't fight unless you need to, you shouldn't draw attention to yourself, and you shouldn't look for trouble. It seemed I'd chosen a smart bunch to get in with, although my swordplay with the captain had sparked some sort of bloodlust in me, a lust that caused me to sneak to the deck every night after the crew had passed out and practice my skills against broken crates that hadn't been thrown overboard just yet. The ship was separated into a few parts. You had the deck, the captain's quarters, the dining hall, and the living quarters, which were connected to the dining hall and resided at the back of the ship, under the captain's quarters. It was all connected, and we were all allowed anywhere at any time, although the respect the crew held for the captain prevented them from ever entering his personal section. They simply waited for his arrival on deck if anything needed to be asked. They were quite tame, nothing like the pirates I'd been told about. The ocean was endless. For a whole month now, I'd not stepped foot on land. We didn't know 
where we were going or what we were doing. A few of the crewmates told me that they'd sail around avoiding the armada, just looking for the next big scoop on treasure or ruins. They were simple pirates. They just wanted to live out the good life with gold and riches and women when they landed on shore. I didn't care where we were heading or what happened. I never regretted leaving England, not once, and I wasn't going to start now. Everything looked the same, and yet everything felt new. The ocean was a world of its own. You couldn't tell if you'd passed the same ships before, if you'd seen the same land. You could be going around in circles for months and never have a clue if it wasn't for your compass. The guys told me of the Caribbean oceans, of how it sat atop the sand and reefs and glistened green and blue in the sun. Water so pure, you could see where it meets land. That's the water I wanted to see. I wanted to jump in and swim around and enjoy the heat of a foreign land. This is why I became a pirate. This is why I left my country behind. Violet, go and help Maxwell in the kitchen. An order barked from the captain, hit my ears as I got up from scrubbing the deck's floor. I'd been on active cleaning duty the entire time since we'd left port in London. The guys smuggled me on board in a crate of seafood that they knew the guards wouldn't check. I can't say it was the most glamorous time of my life, but it worked. I, Captain. Maxwell was that young-looking guy from the bar. Turned out he was twenty-two. The guys mocked him for being so young-looking, mocked his name for being so fancy. Maxwell came from a very rich family in a port town along the coast of Northern America, a place most don't travel due to the heavy fleets of the Armada firing at will on any black flags and calling it justice. Opening the hatch and lowering myself down the ladders right into the hall that held the kitchen and tables, I saw Maxwell in his usual position as chef preparing another broth of fish and seaweed. It must have been the second week in a row now. When we first set off, we had apples and bread and cheese. But what we didn't eat soon turned rotten, and we then found ourselves casting the net every night as we docked near rocks so that bigger ships wouldn't see us. We were surviving each day as it came, and some nights we didn't catch enough food for us all to eat. The captain always gave us his food so that the rest of us had at least one good meal. He cared about each and every one of us. Violet, can you come and hold this for me? He knew it was me the moment I stepped off the ladder. He told me my footsteps were the only others apart from his own that didn't make him flinch on this ship. He must have told me a lot of things he could never tell the others. They were all underdogs and orphans. While Maxwell didn't belong, he was like me in that way. We both know we would be treated slightly different. Thrown into the roles of cleaning and kitchen duty, but that didn't matter because we were still part of this family. We prepared everything as we always did, a range of herbs and spices lay out in front of us as we grilled the fish over a controlled fire that Maxwell set using parts of the old crates on a metal slab. We'd been trying to come up with some new tastes using different things each night, hoping that we wouldn't bore our crewmates, but most of the fish we caught were so overpowering that the broth came out the same each time. Let's just throw the whole thing in there. 
It's rotting and it's our last one. In fact, let's put a full garlic in too. Maxwell was talking to himself as he held up a tomato and garlic in the air, waving them around like a madman with sweat dripping off his arms as he stood above the fire. I think the other guys had broken him with their constant banter. Maxwell, just calm down. Everyone is grateful they have you to cook for them. I took the garlic away, but couldn't save the tomato from the flaming fury of the fire. The somewhat beautiful blonde boy sat down as we considered the broth, finished and let it boil in heated water. His young green eyes showed he wasn't cut out for this type of work. He was cracking more and more each day. Before I came on board, he was the new kid. He sort of hoped that with me here, I'd get the stick from the guys, but no one really spoke to me. I think it was my gender, the fact I was a woman, either intimidated or provoked them. Some of them were one drink away from trying it on, whereas others were one drink away from shouting abuse at me. You did great, just like always. I sat beside him as we both looked out to the food in the pot, steam rising out the hatch and into the open air of the deck. Thanks to you, he was so modest, so pure. He'd always treated me as an equal, even when I messed up several times my first week here. He'd caught me stealing once, not that I knew that I was stealing. I got my second night here and helped myself to some bread that was on a counter in the dining hall. I didn't think much of it, but then Maxwell came in and snatched it away from me, putting it back exactly where it was. It turned out that we only ate at appointed times, because everything was calculated to feed everyone. It really didn't hit me how little we had as pirates, and how much we had to rely on one another. Maxwell never told anyone about that, and I knew some of the other guys would. Some of them didn't want me here at all, although they'd never admit it to my face. I suddenly felt his hand run over my own, as his green eyes looked into mine. His head turned as mine responded without my permission. My heart began to race up into my throat. My hands shook from nervous excitement that I hadn't felt for a long time. I didn't know what it was. There was a strong smell of garlic and tomatoes roaming around us both. A stench of the salt water that we washed ourselves with daily. The reek of filthy rags we barely got a chance to change. And yet, for some reason, this moment felt perfect. Something clicked. Maxwell was looking like more of a man than any of these brutes. Looks like supper's ready, boys. The captain opened the hatch and shouted out to everyone on deck. Maxwell and I shot to opposite sides of the room as he began to pour the broth into jugs and bowls, and I took my seat at the table, trying to remove the feelings of guilty pleasure from my stomach. Our eyes couldn't seem to look anywhere else, though, as he stood there pouring bowl upon bowl of fish stew. He just looked over at me with a confused yet subtle smile. We'd been spending so much time together. We both took the crap from the other crewmates. Maybe it was natural something like this would happen. Still, being a pirate wasn't just my profession now. It was my life. I doubt that... Having any sort of crewmate involvement was allowed. We, needn't, we didn't need another reason to provoke the other guys. Soon the room filled with the rants of men, 
It was a small crew of forty, and I'd only learnt a handful of names. Maxwell was my first and closest friend out of the lot. There was Axe, who I'd seen in the tavern with Maxwell a month ago, talking about the captain. His name was given to him due to the scar across his face, caused by an axe, not the friendliest reminder in the world. He kept himself to himself, mostly, but once watched me practice my sword-fighting on the deck at night. He then complimented me the following morning and introduced himself. Apart from these two, I'd also had a brief conversation with a man named Ryan, although he'd fallen ill a few days ago and rarely came out of the sleeping quarters now. I was advised not to go to his bedside, as the other crewmates would consider it a feminine weakness and expect some sort of nurse role from me every time someone fell sick. As harsh as it seemed, I understood what I was doing and who I was involved with, so I kept my distance. After Axe, Maxwell, and Ryan, there was the captain. No one knew his real name, and no one intended to. He wasn't a man of many words, and he seemed to split himself down into two different personalities. One of them yelled orders and fired his pistol into the sky, whereas the other one spoke to me in a gentle tone of voice and offered me advice when I looked lost. I didn't know if it was like that with everyone, but I knew not to question it. You had to take things as they were when at sea. Nothing could be overthought or it would drive you insane. I watched as Maxwell finished serving the food and headed over my way. Just before he could reach me, he was cut off by axe and dragged aside, whereas Captain took a seat next to me. No one apart from Maxwell had ever sat with me to eat before. So today marks a month. A month since I'd been on land, since the Captain dragged me away from poverty and set me up on an adventure. Yes, today had been a month. I guess it has. His pale blue eyes still ripped through me as I sat there responding to him. That cold stare jolted my whole system into a nervous mode, a mode which I couldn't escape as long as he was near me. I looked back over to Maxwell, who was trying to make eye contact, but his conversation soon seemed to take priority as he and Axe rushed onto the deck without saying anything to anyone. No one ever left the dining hall when food was being ate, ever. It must have been something important. Am I keeping you from something, Violet? I averted my gaze back to the captain, after watching the other two leave the hatch. I guess mine and Maxwell's moment would have to be put on hold a little longer. No, captain, not at all. He was always one to tell if someone was hiding something. If there was anything between me and Maxwell, I knew I couldn't let anyone know. Not only would I be seen as an unequal, but it may open up the door of my gender to the crewmates, and they'd all go crazy with lust. It wasn't an arrogant thought, but a very real and scary one. Months out to sea with no women, I made sure not to flaunt my sexuality, because I didn't want to provoke them. I think we need to discuss your role here. Will you please come to my quarters? It was a question that didn't need an answer. Before I could respond, my arm was dragged off into the living quarters, and a ladder pulled down that led to the captain's hatch. 
a hatch he'd open every morning and call down from to wake us all up. We both climbed up into his room, a room covered in soft carpet with red silk sheets strung up. It was an elegant room, and when I hadn't stepped foot in, a lantern flickering away on a desk beside a large bed and a pile of books on the world's history stacked around the place. I had no idea the captain had made his home so soft, so human. I thought he'd sleep in a hammock and be done with it all. He sat me down on his beautifully comfortable bed and began to pace the room, rubbing his stubble with one hand and fidgeting in his pocket with the other. I'd never seen a man so confident look so unnerved before. This must have been important. Is there something between you and Maxwell? What? We'd shared one mere moment of something, and already there were rumors? It hadn't been five minutes. I want you to know that you may have a relationship with whomever you want and whenever you want, as long as it doesn't affect your duties to this crew. He began a speech, one he didn't seem comfortable giving me, as he finally stopped his pacing and looked me in the eyes. Captain, there is nothing between me and Maxwell. There wasn't, at least, I didn't think there was. Our brief moment of something never got to play itself out, and he rushed off fast enough with Axe to see whatever it was they had on deck. No, I wouldn't allow myself to mess this up. Being a pirate came first now. My duties to this new family were the most important thing to me. That's good to hear. I didn't know what it was, but he suddenly calmed down. He relaxed himself and gazed down at me as I sat on the silk sheets and began to form a smirk on his face. I'd seen this look before, when dueling and my clothes were cut from me. I'd seen that glare, that lustful glare. He, we, suddenly, we weren't on a ship. We were in a bedroom, a bedroom that was designed for the seduction of women. Was this why the captain wanted me on the ship? Without a moment's hesitation, the captain reached down and kissed me, forcing me back onto the bed as his hands ran under my rags and cupped my breast, running a thumb over my erecting nipples and moving his tongue around my throat as it caressed my own in a game. Both of us sinking into the silk sheets as the weight of his body heated my own and caused me to moan out. Why was he doing this? Why now? Why wait so long? I'd wanted the captain from the moment we'd met, but I had to suppress those feelings, or at least I thought I had to. That moment of weakness with Maxwell was nothing compared to this, nothing compared to the passion that ignited within my veins for the captain. It was like a bottle of pure lust was poured over both of us, leaking out of my skin and into the aroma of the candlelit air. His hands started to grope at my aching breast, his fingers running under my rags and gripping down at my erect nipple, gently twisting and teasing it, causing my echoes of pleasure to grow louder and louder. He was testing me, always testing me, seeing just how much of him I could take. Suddenly, he pulled out something from his pants, a sharp, small knife we all carried with us. Carefully placing it at the bottom of my top, he made one swift motion and cut through the fabric separating our skin. The coldness of the blade sent my body wild as it skimmed my flesh, 
making my nipples that much harder for the captain's pleasure. He didn't waste a moment in devouring one of them as it throbbed away from him, licking and nibbling at it as he consumed a part of my body, letting his tongue roam around the little hard piece of flesh so that I would scream over and over with ecstasy. I was begging for more. His head continued to make its way down, caressing my flesh, teasing my body, licking over my stomach, right down until he was on his knees at the end of the bed. Taking his cold blade, he tore through my pants, revealed my feminine curves that I'd hidden under a mountain of fabric, so that I wouldn't be eyed by the crew, although now I wanted nothing more than to show my figure. I wanted him to admire it, to crave it, I wanted the thought of his body and mine to consume his mind and drive him crazy with lust. It was working. Ramming his tongue into me, the man with dreadlocks wasted no time in causing me wave after wave of pleasure. Pure orgasmic motions filled my aching body as I was shifted into the sheets by the force of his head, digging itself between my legs. He thrust himself into me, let his warm, wet mouth fill my lower body and leave me dripping, begging for more. My body was exploding with fluids of pleasure as the captain took it upon himself to lick up every last drop I spilled. He used his tongue to scoop up my liquids and like a thirsty dog kept going for more. He would not be satisfied until I had no more to give. I could feel him working me over, working that sensitive spot that I denied for too long. He got it right away, banged on it, thrust onto it, hit it every time. My entire body stretched out onto his bed for his amusement, and all I could think about was more. I needed more. I needed him to show me how much experience he really had and finish me off. I wanted him to spray his seed over my body and leave me gasping for air in his sheets. How much of a pirate was he really? Where was that brutal, barbaric attitude they were all known for? Is that all you got? I mocked him, provoked him so that his animalistic side might take over and drive my body into the sheets with deep, long thrusts. Without a response from his mouth, the captain took his leeching tongue away from me and flipped me over his bed. My breasts fell flat into the sheets as my lower body was hoisted into the air and the sounds of his clothes being torn off, exposing his manhood in all its glory. A thick object pressed itself against me, teasing my hole with a moistened tip and slowly began to push inside of me. A sharp sting that began to fill my stomach, yet set a jolt of pleasure ripped through me as the captain forced his large member right up until our skin met. He began to thrust again, this time using the larger part of his body that could grant me even more pleasure. I could feel him pulsating inside of me, feel him throbbing and thrusting and pounding away. He was silent, he was focused. He wanted to completely work me over and leave me gasping for air, just like I'd begged him to. I could feel my knees going weak and my body about to collapse. His nails sunk into me, keeping me steady as I gave way and almost fell flat into the sheets. Digging himself deeper, he began to let out low moans of joy that I'd been leaking the entire time. He was loving it. 
loving my body, loving me in his bed. The thought I could bring my captain this much pleasure began to make things more exciting for me. I'd craved this moment for so long, this moment of taboo that not everyone would agree with. I could feel myself getting close, feel my body giving in to the sin of pleasure. I was experiencing wave after wave of sinful enjoyment as my captain shoved his entire length up into me. I could feel myself about to burst, about to break. My screams began to rise, my body began to ache, my legs shaking with euphoria as I let out a song of screams. I felt him burst out into me as I began to drip with ecstasy, my entire body shaking as the breath was ripped from my lungs. Our fluids began to mix and slowly make their way out of me, dripping down my inner thighs as the captain pulled his still-hard member from me and laugh as he watched my quivering body expel his fluids. He loved it. I could tell how much he loved the sight of me dripping with him. I didn't know what was next. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I knew my life of adventure had just begun. I was a pirate now. Anything could happen. Was that good for you too, gentle listener? Should your thirst for this particular tale be yet unslaked, look no further than the Amazon, or perhaps your local book merchant. I've taken the liberty of including links to the author's work in the story notations. If you have enjoyed your visit, please be sure to sing praises of the lily on high to your acquaintances, significant others, and fellow personages of estimable taste. Bellowing from either rafter or rooftop is cautiously encouraged. However, five-star reviews and social media shares are preferable. Should you be so inclined, one may also happen upon news, updates, and a veritable plethora of other such erotic goings-on at www.moistlily.com. I bid you warm and dewy salutations until our next chance encounter.